Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer. It is Tuesday, and Bryce Miller is starting today for the Mariners, and I'm so excited. It's somebody that I wanted to see up for a while. I mean, I shouldn't say for a while. In spring training, I wanted him to make the, the opening day roster as the number five starter. He wasn't that lucky because for whatever reason, we thought Chris Flexen was going to be such a good option for the Mariners at the number five, and that backfired in a hurry. So now we get Bryce Miller against Mason Miller. I haven't been this excited for a pitching matchup in quite a while, but who do you think comes out victorious, Ryan? Yeah, we haven't seen something like this since the uh, great 2013 film, War of the Millers. We got Miller versus Miller facing off here on, <laughs> on Tuesday night. Um, I imagine this podcast will be published. Probably, I guess the game's in Oakland, so it, it, mm-hmm. this po- podcast might be published before this game actually starts. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I mean, you brought up Bryce Miller last show. I looked at his minor league numbers this year. I was like, you know what? Maybe he's not ready. And I still don't know if he's ready, but he, he has the strikeout stuff. 18 strikeouts, three walks in 19 and two-thirds innings. And it is the Oakland Athletics. So if there's any team to, to bring him up against, it's the A's. And they're going to see him a few more times, too, because they're in the same division. So it's a nice kind of built-in like ramp-up spot for any prospect in the AL West. It's like, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's start him against the A's. Yeah, and he's... He comes with that, uh, like a it's like a seventy grade fastball in Fangrass, which grades on a twenty to eighty scale. So he's got a seventy grade fastball, which is pretty fucking good. Fifty five grade slider, which is also really good. And I said it before, I'll say it again. I think the fastball slider combo is probably the most dominant combo. If you've got those two down, you can be a successful major league pitcher. Now, how successful you could be is going to depend on how nasty those pitches are. If you have anything else to complement them outside of that. But if you have those as a base, you can see success at the major league level. And that's what he that's his strong suit is those two. Anthony, good to see you back with us again. Which Miller you like more for this matchup? To be completely honest, I think Bryce Miller gets the win, and I think Mason Miller pitches a better game. I think Mason Miller gets double digit strikeouts. He just, the Mariners just struck out 20 times in a game over the weekend. So I think Mason Miller hits 10. I wouldn't be surprised if neither pitcher goes five innings, honestly. I think they, they have the stuff, but these are still major league players have to have to go against Miller's God, Miller struggled a bit through 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 two starts, right? Yeah. He hasn't Mason, been yeah. Yeah, two or yeah, I guess I gotta say great. <laughs> but I guess more so more fantasy relevant now is Bryce Miller. It looks like he's gonna be up long term now for the Mariners yep. with Ray out and flexing sucking and whatever. Um, what do you see for his outlook? His looks like his next start would likely come on Sunday against Houston and then next weekend against the Tigers. And then after that, looking ahead to Braves and then the Pirates or, or A's instead of the Pirates. But uh, what do you think? Is, is he worth picking up? Is it dependent on what he does Tuesday night in Oakland? Is it worth a flyer? Uh, I think he's worth a flyer just because. So he had a really rough 
minor league season this year. His last start was nice. I think he went five innings and struck out eight, something along those lines. So he had a decent last game. But all the previous years before this, he was dominant at the minor league level. He looked good in spring training. He did struggle a bit, but he's the thing is a lot of the the Mariners young pitchers that have come up the last couple of years, Kirby, Gilbert, those guys, like they always had good command, which is what you were excited about. Good command, low walk rate. Bryce Miller's not that guy. He's going to walk three or four batters a game, but he's going to strike out six or seven a game as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think they're going to give him a longer leash than most people would expect because the Mariners really don't have anything else in terms of options. They're not going to stretch Matt Brash back out to a starter. He's in the bullpen long-term. So he's going to be a guy... He has some upside, but it's limited because I think five innings per start is probably what they'll they'll stick to with him for at least the foreseeable future. So it's how good can he do in those five innings? The Mariners' offense has really been struggling, so it's going to limit the amount of wins he gets as well. Tonight's a prime matchup, though, against Oakland. I mean, they're terrible. So if he's ever going to beat anybody, it was going to be today. So we'll have to see how it goes. Professor, man, it's been a minute since you've been back. How you doing? I have Miller going against Miller tonight. You know, I do too in one of my, my points leagues. So I'm curious to see who ends up coming out on top. I still think Bryce Miller gets a win tonight, but I do think Mason Miller, I think Mason Miller goes five innings with 10 strikeouts. So if you're the betting man, ladder those strikeouts up to 10, because I know on a specific betting website, 10 K's for Mason Miller is like plus 1400 or something. So is Seattle striking out that much. Yeah, literally, like, not even kidding. On Saturday, they struck out 20 times in their oh, game on Saturday. I'm gonna like, not over the weekend. They struck out 20 times in one game. I'm looking up the Miller strikeout prop right now uh, for, for Mason Miller. It's only only five and a half is his line. So, yeah, if you if you can ladder yeah. that, I'm going to go do that either right now or right after the podcast. Just hope he gets on him early, and we'll see. I mean, I love the Mariners, so I'm rooting for the Mariners long term, obviously. But I love Mason Miller as well, so I'd like I like to I'd like to see him succeed just because a lot of people did the old. Then he's only played twenty eight innings, so he's not going to be that good. So I kind of would like to see him like prove those people wrong and be good, and that would have to come at the expense of the Mariners today. But we're not going to win every game, so if Mason Miller beats us, that's okay. Yeah, I, I picked uh, Anthony said he picked up Miller this morning. I also picked him up uh, Bryce Miller in my my. I think it's a eight no ten ten team ten team league. So I figured pick him up, see how he does against the A's, see if I can I can keep him there. And um, we are brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing fifty percent off, but you also have a chance to win five hundred dollars. Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with the extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by Locker lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us to send you a brand new pair no questions asked wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase go to shadyrays.com and use code sgpn for 50 percent off two pairs of polarized sunglasses then take your receipt to sportsgillingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win the 500 shady may contest all right so, so we kicked it off with bryce with an s Making his uh, major league <laughs> debut tonight, we have Bryce with the C making his season debut for the Phillies. What 160 some days after getting Tommy John surgery, uh, 
I'm very happy to see him back. Phillies are kind of going on a run right now. They're, they've had the guys step up. We've talked about Stott, Marsh, Boehm, um, Castellanos even having a decent year. And now they get Harper back to that um, to, to that DH spot, probably three or four in the lineup. It's just going to be – hopefully that, that gets Trey Turner going. Hopefully it just gets everyone going. And hopefully – I mean, I think we were talking pretty highly of Harper heading into the season. We didn't think he would miss too much time. Not too much time, but like back by at least the first half. And now yeah. for only miss, miss a month is kind of insane. Yeah, I'm surprised as hell to see that he's back already. I mean, I love it because I love me some Bryce Harper. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the power is there, though, because so he had the the Tommy John surgery. I know like Muncie last year had that UCL injury and didn't elect to get surgery and played through it and had no power. It came back at the end of the year, and obviously his power is back this year with the 11 home runs. But, man, he started slow. And the last hitter that comes to mind that had Tommy John and came back somewhat quick was Otani back in, like, 2019 or something. And I don't even think he hit – because that was the year that he wasn't pitching. Like, they kept him out of pitching, and they let him just DH. And I think he only had, like, 18 home runs that year. I mean, it's still a good year, but it's not – obviously, it's not an Otani year. And it's not a Bryce Harper year that you're expecting. So I don't know where my expectations should be with Harper to start because I want him to come back and be Bryce Harper. But with how quick he came back, I don't know if he's going to come back and be the Bryce Harper we're all used to right away. It might take some time. It might take a couple of months. But I mean, everybody that has him right now, they didn't trade for him. They just drafted him. You already got him at a fucking steal. So it's okay, even if he's not the normal Bryce Harper when he comes back. You're still going to get a good return on that draft pick regardless, and I wish I had drafted him. Yeah, I mean, if he if he's not Bryce Harper when he comes back, that's a perfect opportunity to, to kind of buy low on him because uh, whoever has him is probably pretty uh, hyped up right now. He's coming back a month or two earlier than expected. And, you know, if he gets off to a slow start, which is possible, not seeing much live pitching and has, having that that injury there, and one of the last guys I saw was a hitter was uh, Aaron Hicks, obviously, who completely fell off the, mm. the face of the earth for the Yankees. I mean, he was never really that great. Had 27 home runs in 2018, 12 in his first 59 games and or in 59 games in 2019. Then had the surgery, I believe. And, and since then, I mean, he has 18 home runs in 216 games. That's Aaron Hicks. It's not Bryce Harper. But yeah, uh, we saw last year with Muncie as well that kind of zapped his power. But I think Harper's just a, a superhuman, so I think he might miss a few beats to, to start off the month, but I think he'll be right back at it by by June, by the All Star break once it once it's heating up. Uh, I agree as well. I think I like if you're listening to this, this is probably your last chance to trade for Bryce Harper before the price goes way up. I mean, it's probably already gone up quite a bit, but the second he hits a home run or something, the the owner of him is not going to give you any chance to make a realistic deal for him. But somebody that you might still be able to pick up or get a deal on would be Brandon Fott, the rookie prospect pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's finally getting the call, something that we all thought was going to happen for like the last 10 days or whatever. They finally announced it. He's starting Wednesday against the Texas Rangers. So if you're listening to this, not live, he's starting today against the Texas Rangers. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how he does. 
Uh, I know he led the minor leagues in strikeouts last year. He's got a nasty slider. Texas is a pretty powerful offense this year, though. They don't strike out a ton. They're like right middle of the road. I think they're like 17th at just under 23% K rate. So nothing crazy. But he was one that I've been excited to see come up because a lot of prospects get called up. They pitch very minimal years, minimal innings the years prior. And so they kind of get eased into the pitch count and eased into the innings and they get limits and all that. He pitched like 170 innings last year. So there isn't really a need to ramp up his innings because he's already pretty primed to, to go 150 plus innings for the rest of the season. And that Diamondbacks team is pretty good. So he's got a chance for double digit wins, a, a legitimate amount of strikeouts. If he has a 10 K nine, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, Chad said he's going to be getting himself some uh, fought DFS stacks tomorrow. That seems like a smart move to me. I don't know what his price is at, but it's probably on the lower side and it's probably worth the play, at least for the first start. Oh, and Anthony said, I just dropped him today. SMH couldn't wait any longer. Pick him back up if you can. He's starting tomorrow against Texas and it's a winnable game. Yeah, I mean, I mean the A's. Texas is quite possibly the, the opposite of the A's right now for for a matchup to start your first game mm-hmm. against. I mean, Garcia eight home runs, Young has six home runs, Heim and Semien both have five, Low has four, Grossman has three. They're just killing the ball right now. I mean, even Corey Seager hitting three fifty nine. He's hurt though. He's hurt. But yeah, it's that, even with Seager Seager out, they have a have a good lineup there. Hopefully, has a good start. Yeah, got a few good starts. In the minors to uh, start the season, I believe, uh, last time out, five innings, three earned, five strikeouts. Before that, seven innings, three hits, no earned, eight strikeouts. So, yeah, another young pitcher here we're, we're singing early in the season, and hopefully it, uh, it, it pans out for him. Hopefully, hopefully Fott can uh, you know, claim a stake to, to a job in that rotation. Uh, Anthony said Bryce Miller or Fott rest of the season. Uh, Brandon Fott rest of the season. Uh, yes. Yeah, Bryce Miller will be good, but he he needs a lot of working up to to be able to hit the innings that Fott can already hit, and Fott has better strikeout potential, and uh, Fott's slider is better than any pitch that Bryce Miller has. Uh, and then Chad said, touching on Harper, the first pitch eligibility changes the game. A 280-plus hitter with 10 to 20 home runs is a top seven first base mm-hmm. option at minimum. He's going to have to get closer to that 20 home runs for me to agree because if he hits like 10 home runs then he's jose abreu who i don't love hey don't compare season. bryce harper to jose Abreu. what are you doing <laughs> but i, I uh, what are you trying to if, bryce, me? if bryce harper hits 12 home runs this year he's not he's home. jose abreu he's hitting more than 12 home runs this year and i think he hits 20 i think i think 20 home runs for the rest of the year is what what harper hits but He's going to hit in the heart of that lineup, and you guys are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good lineup. You guys aren't good, but it's a good lineup. We're, good. we're over 500 now. It's about, I mean, I, I, I can't. We're back can't at 500. Mariners like four games under. Uh-huh. But, yeah, he's going to hit in the heart of that lineup, and so he's going to hit in like a position to score a lot of runs and drive in a lot of RBIs. So, Yeah, that, that's a good point by Chad, good. though, on the first base eligibility because he will get that eventually. I think he is mm-hmm. just DHing to start out until he gets – more clearance, but yeah, once he gets that, I mean, we'll see if he can actually play first base or if he's just going to be a guy that like, kind of just occupies there, like Kyle Schwarber said when he was mic'd up. But yeah, Harper coming back is huge. First base eligibility is huge, so like that a lot. Um, 
Another young pitcher, we didn't really talk about him, didn't like him too much in the offseason. He's off to a pretty good start here, is uh, Josiah Gray for the Washington mm. Nationals. Tough first start against the Braves, five innings, five earned. But since then, he's gone somehow gone two and three while only allowing five runs in 28 innings. Let's say, uh, yeah, 27 strikeouts, 11 walks. His ERA on the year is at 2.67. Uh, what do you think about Gray? I mean, he's not going to get many wins there, but with the Nationals, but it looks like he's he's mixing in that slider, slider fastball pitcher. Has yeah. has a pretty red baseball savant page here, limiting opponents' uh, barrel rate and average exit velo. Do you think he's someone that you know figured something out, or is this going to be just kind of a, a flash in the pan for for Gray? Yeah, what he's done is essentially like we talked about Vince Velasquez, how. Uh, Velasquez has leaned more into the slider, like brought his fastball usage down a little bit, bumped that slider usage way up. Last year, Josiah Gray's fastball was like the worst pitch in baseball by run value or like a top or bottom five pitch in baseball for run value, but he threw it like 48% of the time. Uh, now this year he throws his slider 39% of the time and it's his most used pitch. And it was a pretty damn good pitch last year. So now he turned a pretty damn good pitch into his most used pitch allowed that fastball to kind of fall back and he's getting less movement on his fastball this year and his velos down. So it's kind of weirdly working out in his favor. I don't know how a slower fastball with less movement. I mean, his fastball is, is still pitch, like what? Probably 99. He throws. No, it's like fast. 93, 93 oh, is, is his average. Yeah. It was 94 and a half last year. And that's like 93.2 miles an hour this year or something like that. But his slider is disgusting. So yeah. I think he has figured something he's done what we like to see a lot of pitchers do like realize their fault his fastball and make active changes to get better throw your slider more and wouldn't you know it he actually looks like a competent pitcher and i think he's got fantasy value in like 12 team leagues or deeper i think oh he absolutely like a 10 team he's a streamer and a 10 and a 10 teamer he's probably a streaming option but twelve team or deeper, he's a he's a hold right now. Mm-hmm. Don't don't worry about dropping him. Yeah, his next start comes Friday in Arizona. I know Diamondbacks are pretty good this year, but I think that's a, a decent spot for him. Uh, Chad pointed out that he f- figured something out because he's limited the home run ball. Yeah, he gave up three home runs in his first his first start against the Braves. Only given up one since then. That was uh, against the Angels. So I, I imagine that was probably Otani or Trout. And, and no shame there, giving up a home run to. Any of those guys? No, it was uh, Logan, Logan O'Happy, who, you know, even better than Ooh. Trout and, and Otani, <laughs> some, some might say. So, yeah, great. He's he's getting guys out. He's not giving up hard contact. That's exactly what you want to see out of a pitcher. Um, even Coors Field, six innings, eight hits, one earned he had. So he, he's he's got the slider working. He's mixing, mixing it up, and he's being able to, you know, have that pitch clock work for him, possibly. Yeah, and then uh... – my brain froze there for a second. I have a, Tim, I have a, oh, go I have, ahead. Go ahead. I have ahead. another guy that, you know, a young player we haven't really talked about. His baseball savant page does not look great in terms of um, average exit below. I think it's first percentile when I looked the other day. I think it's up oh, to God. sixth now. But his expected batting average is 93rd percentile, expected slugging 64th. It is Nick Senzel, third base and outfielder mm-hmm. for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, homers in back-to-back games, uh, multiple hits in five of his past six games, being picked up all over the place, 31 rostered, 31% rostered now in Yahoo, rostered in both my 12-team league and my more active eight-team league, still out there in my 10-team league. I was looking at him. I, I saw the average exit below. I was like, 
I, he's not hitting the ball hard. He's getting decent. I mean, barrel rate 40, 41st percentile, so not great. But he, he's hitting the ball. He's putting it in play. And we always talk about Cincinnati being one of the places that are going to be good for hitters. So mm-hmm. have you picked up Senzel anywhere? Have you uh, have you had a, had a verdict on him? I have not, but I am on the Senzel. I wouldn't call it a hype train, but I'm on the Senzel. I'm in the movement right now. I, I agree with that. I think he's having a much better year. He's made some changes to his swing, upped his launch angle to like 15 degrees. I think it was 10 degrees last year or something like that. So he's bumped that up. His fly ball rate is down, but his line drive rate is almost 30%, which is nuts. And when it comes to BABIP, uh, like softly hit line drives are the number one factor in a higher BABIP. And when a guy's got a first percentile or sixth percentile average exit velo and he's hitting 30% line drives, that's pretty good, especially since he's raised his pull, his pull rate, I think is a career high, like 44%. So he's, Bro, is he somebody <laughs> else? at this point, he'd be like a, a post, post, post hype sleeper, hype, like sleeper. Yeah. I mean, it's, see, it's hard. I, he made his I, debut in 2019. I think that the improvements he's made are real. Do I think he has like legitimate fantasy value for the rest of the year uh, as an injury fill in uh, or like a 15 team or deeper league maybe, but outside of yeah. that, like in a 12 team, I'm not going to add him in a 10 team. I'm, he's staying on the, the waiver wire. I think the improvements he's made are like legitimate and it is the, I mean, the success is proving that, but he doesn't have the power to turn mm-hmm. the, the pull rate into into home runs he doesn't have the speed to turn the line drives into a shit ton of doubles and triples he's like a little harder hitting nick madrigal yeah he 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 might you know have figured something out for his average but his career average is still 244 yeah 231 last year with five home runs if anything ride out this this hot streak this this bad streak and then then cut him but uh, he's not someone i'm looking to roster for longer than a few days uh, one guy that's also coming back. We're just covering a bunch of random players today. If you guys can't tell, that's another guy that's coming here. back is uh, Tim Anderson. He's making his way back. The White Sox made like eleven roster moves today. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Oscar Colas got sent back down. That was much needed. He was in like a five for forty slump. White Sox are just a, a complete mess. God, they're so bad. But Tim Anderson is back. Uh, the only player in baseball to hit over 300 in 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. And he's hitting 298 this year in limited action, of course. But he's back. Do you have any Tim Anderson? And what do you, where would you put him in your top 10 for shortstops moving forward? Uh, he's got to be top 10. Yeah, I don't have any Tim Anderson. I'm not really a, a huge fan of him. I, I, I mean, he, he's great to watch, fun, fun player, but not. I wasn't very impressed with him since. I mean, he had a good year, twenty twenty one, a few good years there in a row, but had injury issues. I don't even remember where I had him preseason, but he's not someone I have. He's not someone I'd be targeting. I think he's a good baseball player. He's going to get your average. Some, I mean, if it's if the five five by five league and you want to get your average up, maybe get some get some counting stats there as a as a leadoff hitter. Maybe maybe see if you can buy low on him, especially because the White Sox are are so shit right now. They should be better than they are. So. <laughs> I guess if you need a shortstop, you know, maybe see if you can go out and buy, buy him kind of low. But otherwise, I don't have too much to, to say about Tim Anderson. Yeah, he's, he's like a doubles hitter with 10 to 15 home run power. He has a little speed. He stole 18 bases last year. And in the 11 games he's played this year, he already stole five bases. So he's active on the base pass. 
So if he turns himself into uh that's not bad then you, you get a three hundred average but with with a speedy speedy guy that can pick up runs top of the order. But he's not where where was he drafted? Uh, he was a, probably like what a, a top ten, uh, top twelve round pick. Yeah, I think his ADP was probably around one twenty. He was drafted and was the sixty seventh pick in, in my league, which is very early, sixth <laughs> round. Very but, early. Yeah. Uh, Chad said, "Let's make sure he's immune to the dumpster fire first. I'm gonna be honest; I don't think anybody's immune to the dumpster fire in Chicago. But if anybody is gonna be immune to it, it's gonna be him." He does at least give you that elite batting average. I, I like for category leagues, I fucking love him. He gives you the batting average. He's going to hit 300 this year. It looks like he could steal 25 bases if he can stay healthy, which is nice. Uh, I just heard today that there's been like a thousand more stolen bases at this point in the season than there was last year at this point in the season. I swear oh. that's right. Well, that might at, not be right. Oh, no, we're, we're on pace. Oh, my God. That, that was such a pace, mess. A thousand more. Yeah, we're on pace a for a thousand more for the season. Oh, we're on pace for a thousand more this season. Who? How much, so, is the, how much does the leader have? Do you have any, any idea? I'm looking it up right now. Ronald Acuna. I think he's 13. 13. He, Juwan Bay is 11. Four people in Jazz. Cedric Mullins. Ruiz has, a, has 11. Corbin Carroll, 10. Yeah, uh, that's... Yeah, maybe Tim Anderson is better, better than I think, but I, I'm not I'm not targeting him anywhere. Um, he could be. He, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say he's he's a cheap a cheap trade target potentially mm-hmm. at this point because whoever's got him, they probably weren't that excited when they drafted him. I mean, it's a White Sox, so nobody was going to be like overly excited. And he's coming back from injury, so you could probably snag him for cheap. So yeah, he, if you need a good shortstop, it's worth it. Could be a true uh, underdog story there if he he comes back and, and leads the White Sox there. And we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania Four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars. That's UnderdogFantasy.com promo code SGPN. And it's Kentucky Derby Week and the Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network has all your triple count bets. Plus, leave a review for the show wherever you get your podcast between now and Belmont Saturday on June 10th. And you'll be entered into a drawing to win a canvas print of the Wolf's one-of-a-kind Fallen Bob painting. It's post time. All right, so someone I, I picked up today, I think we talked about him when he was sent down a few weeks ago, last week maybe, is uh, Jake McCarthy of, of the of the Diamondbacks? Okay. I was looking. I was like, okay, I have a roster spot. I have an open NA spot. So I was like, let me see who's out there NA eligible. He's still rostered in the third of leagues. He, he had a, he had a good season last year. I talked about how I'm completely out on him. Like I I, I was not a fan of him. I don't think you were either. But Mm-mm. if if you have an NA spot available on your roster, if that's a thing in your league, I'd say McCarthy's a, a decent candidate for it. I'm going to look up how he's performed in AAA, but I mean, worst, it's just it's a free roster spot. Uh, I'm checking right now in AAA this year in four games, batting 353 with a home run, four RBIs, and a stolen All base. Back up. And he hit a double. So, so not bad. 15% K rate, 15% walk rate. Again, it's four games. So like, <laughs> take it, take it for what you want. But, uh, Oh, Chad, you read my mind. He said, seems like an obvious trade candidate. I think so as well, because Arizona's outfield is pretty stacked with young talent. Mm. 
Uh, and so he seems like somebody that could get moves to a team that put, needs an put outfielder. Him in I, I, think, I was just going to say, I think, I think we talked about him going to the Yankees last time we mentioned him. But yeah, like, and he just needs a – he was so good in the second half last year that I was just going to say he just needs a chance and he'll be good. He got a chance last year and he was good, and then he got a chance this year and he wasn't good. So we'll have to see how it goes, but he's already proven that he has – he's got the wheels, he's got the speed – to steal a ton of bases. He can hit for an okay average with the lower K rate home runs is yet to be seen what kind of power he has, but he could hit double digit home runs. I think he could be like a 10 home run guy over the course mm-hmm. of a season, 12 home run guy, which is pretty good. Uh, uh, we, we, we skipped over another pitcher, not making his debut, but I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a top prospect. Uh, Louis Varland for, for the twins mm. is going to start. Tomorrow or is he not? Yeah, we starting tomorrow against the White Sox. Yeah. Um, he had one start earlier this year at Yankee Stadium. Uh, eight strikeouts, uh, three earned runs in six innings. Got a quality start there. Uh, you think I, I I picked up Varland in uh, my my main league, my my twelve team league. What do you think about him going uh, tomorrow against the White Sox? I think he's worth a pickup and watch. I mean, admittedly, I haven't looked into him that much, but I've seen. I've seen things on the internet lately that seem pretty promising from him. A lot of people that I respect in the industry had a lot of good things to say. So I'm going to give it a try. I love his delivery. I can tell you that. Like it's kind of a weird wonky delivery a little bit, hides the ball pretty well. And he's got good velo. So yeah, like Chad said, he doesn't see an MLB starter. I don't know if I see like a long-term starter, but I think for now he's got a chance at, some fantasy relevance. He, is, he, at least he could be a guy. He started five games last year, um, all in September, October. Went went at least five innings in all of them. Gave up four and runs or less in all of them. Strikeouts, hit or miss, seven, three, 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 five. But a good against good lineups: Yankees, Cleveland, uh, Angels, and then the White Sox twice. So yeah, I pretty much put, put a flyer on him. He's a he's a available probably in most leagues rostered in three percent of Yahoo leagues. So. Thinking against a, a struggling White Sox team, n- not a bad option for Wednesday. And uh, another guy that we talked about when he got called up that has seen some pretty damn good numbers lately would be Brett Beatty for the Mets. Uh, he had concerns about whether or not he could hit lefties. And then I think it was yesterday, he's fucking annihilated that ball off of a lefty. He's hitting lefties pretty well, and it's kind of like uh, not to take everything back to Kellenic, but here we go, Kellenic, Jerry Kellenic count. Uh, <laughs> Kellenic's thing was he could never hit lefties, so the Mariners tried to bring in somebody to be a lefty platoon in the name of AJ Pollock, and then Kellenic has proven that he can hit lefties now, so there's not a, a big need for Pollock. Uh, Brett Beatty's doing the same thing. Escobar was going to hit lefties. No need for Escobar to hit lefties anymore when Brett Beatty's hitting like 350 now with multiple home runs, one of which is coming off of a lefty. He was somebody that, obviously, in like a dynasty league, keeper league, deeper leagues, he was taken because he's a, a top prospect. So he's gone. But in 10 and 12 team leagues, like redraft style leagues, I I'd seen him available in quite a bit of them. I think he's a safe addition at this point. I think you can pick him up and start him at third base or a util spot or a corner infield spot. And I think there's a lot of value there moving forward. 
I, I agree. I'm looking at his baseball savant game log right now. Uh, yesterday, 97, 106, 103, 106, 101, 108, uh, 81 in, in that doubleheader on on Monday. So he's hitting the ball really hard, had the home run uh, against the lefty, like you said. Yeah, I mean, he's before that is actually below 110, 102, 91, 93, 108. So he's seeing the ball. He's hitting the ball hard. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't quite qualify for the percentile yet but he's at 93.6 percent or exavila which i which i imagine it would be pretty good uh, as max exavila is 71st percentile so yeah if he continues to hit like this or like this at all the mets are gonna keep him there they need a third baseman that's there that's the one thing they need so yeah hit an eighth right now hit seventh a little bit earlier in the year i could see him moving up to maybe six i, I haven't taken a look at, at the Mets lineup but he could be somebody that i think if he's not taken in your league i, I would go pick him up uh, and in terms of guys that I would go pick up for the next couple days, the Milwaukee Brewers are playing the Colorado Rockies in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I love every single Milwaukee Brewers player for this series. Like Rowdy is going to hit a couple bombs. Willie Adamas is going to hit a couple bombs. Yelich might fuck around and hit himself a home run as well. William Contreras has a chance of getting a couple bombs. I love this series for Milwaukee Brewers guys. And if you have any, or if you're on the fence about picking some up in a daily league, obviously, because if you're in a weekly league, your lineup already locked, but in a daily league, or if you're playing DFS, uh, stacking Milwaukee Brewers players for the next couple of days is a pretty damn good idea. Mm-hmm. De- definitely. I'm definitely going to make sure I have Rowdy in. He'll probably have a two home run <laughs> game and then other, other two games go over four, but I'll get a two home runs there. Uh, someone else that had a kind of a resurgence a bit uh, over the weekend uh, definitely helped by that Mexico City series is uh, Lamonte Wade Jr. for the Giants. He uh, mm. has homered in four straight games heading into Tuesday. Homered in five of his past six games. Has a has a or three game home run streak. Homered in four of his past five. Has a six game hit streak. He's never really done anything in his. Uh, I mean, I guess twenty twenty one he had eighteen home runs, two fifty three in one hundred and nine games. But is he someone you're maybe looking looking to add here? He's leading off for, for this Giants team. Has one more game in Houston um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then heads back home for the weekend. Um, I mean, it would depend on league type and size. Again, ten or twelve team league. Um, probably not three outfield league. No, five outfield league. Yes. Yeah. Five outfield league or deeper than a 12-team league, I think I would give him a shot at least as a, uh, like, fuck it, let's see what he can do type of player. Just throw him in your lineup mm-hmm. and go from there. But I don't I don't think he has rest of season value, but I do like a guy that's leading off in fantasy. He has, he, a little he, bit of pop. Yeah, he's got rest of week, maybe some rest of month value, but yeah, de- mm-hmm. definitely not rest of season. Good, good call there. Probably 12-team probably league or more would be the only reason to pick him up. It's especially five outfielders. Yeah, it's like Chad said, Yaz is hurt, so Wade should see everyday playing time now. And everyday playing time, hitting leadoff, is pretty damn good. So, yeah, short-term value is there. Long-term, I don't really see it. He's somebody that if you're big into trading, I hope the hot streak goes for another week or so and then see what you can get. You're not going to get anything for him, but again, he's one of those perfect add him into a trade to try and sweeten the deal from your side a little bit to get an upgrade at a position type of player. And yeah, just hope the, hope the hot swing continues. 
but I have been really bad at uh, plugging our socials and everything. This episode. I said nothing about it. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at fake baseball. God, why'd I say it that way? The coolest ad on Twitter. Uh, follow us on YouTube at fake baseball money. You can watch all of our episodes on there. I think we got, I think like 30 of our episodes are up there now. Uh, I make random videos. You can go check those out. Little YouTube shorts when I get bored. And check us out in the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. The MLB channel in there is hot. Like there's people there from the time I wake up at 4 a.m. until the time I go to bed at like 11 because I don't sleep because I'm an idiot and I make too much <laughs> baseball content. So it takes up too much of my time. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever streaming platform you may use. Leave that five-star rating and review. It goes a long ways to helping us out. And you can follow me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at R. Gilbert S-O-P. And we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. See ya.